congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup. What does it feel like to win the Cup? I thought today would be appropriate to talk to one guy who won the Cup three times with three different teams. He also is a former assistant coach in the National Hockey League for the last five years. Is he interested in joining his former team, the Montreal Canadiens, as part of their coaching staff? If not, where is he going? Does he know somebody who might be a good candidate? All that and more, we look back on the great career of Mark Recchi. He joins me on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. Now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Welcome. I'm Marinaro. It was about a year ago I was vacationing in Florida for a couple of days and I walked into an Italian cafe and who do I see walk in? Mark Recchi. So I got his number and it took a while, but I finally got him on the sick podcast. Here he is. Mark, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Very, very good. Nice to good. see you again. I, uh, I remember that day at uh, Bar Sportivo where we sat down and uh, we talked hockey for a couple of hours. It was a lot of fun. And I want to let you know right away, I'm not going to keep you a couple of hours today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. A lot of fun. The, uh, a lot of great, uh, met a lot of good friends down there, and yeah, obviously, Vito introduced us, uh, yeah. down in Florida, so awesome. Yeah, it was nice to see you, Mark, and it's good yeah. to have you today on the podcast. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche who won the Stanley Cup last night, Mark. And I figure who better to talk about the cup and how hard it is to win it than a guy who's won it three times with three different teams. But before we get to that, what a fantastic Stanley Cup final, eh? Incredible, incredible. I mean, if there's players watching that and know, and you, you find out really how hard it is to win and, and what you have to do to win. And uh, that was two teams that they laid it on the line, both of them. And it was incredible to watch. I mean, they, you know, um, you know, I mean, obviously Colorado was talent coming off, you know, they're coming out of the charts right now and they're a terrific team. And, and, but, you know, I don't think Tampa was quite as good a team, but you just saw how they are true champions. Yeah, uh, how hard they battled, how hard they competitive, they blocking shots, everything, and then ended up being both sides. It was just, it's great for the game, and you know, really fun to watch. And you know, I was on my, I was on the edge of my seat every game, so it was great, except for game two, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Mark, I'm 49 years old, and I've seen some great defensemen play the game. Obviously, Nick Listrom was unbelievable, and Ray Bork was really something, and there were others, but I don't know if I've ever seen something quite like Mikhail McCarr. It, it is amazing what he's done at, at, at this young age and how quick he's he's blossomed into this player he is right now. I mean, he not a, he's the, the, so dynamic offensively, but he is great defensively. He competes. Yeah. He, he does everything that's that you need in a defenseman, and and um, you know he's it's incredible and his explosiveness is um, you know yeah. um, 
it's so good. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see. I mean, it's, he's great for the game and, you know, he'll bring another dynamic. I mean, that's like Bobby Orr, like, you know, um, back in the day. So. No, you're right. Because listen, I was going to say the last time I saw an offensive defenseman like that was Paul Coffey skating like yep. that. But with all due respect to Paul, who's a hall of famer and great, I don't want to discredit him at all. I think Bakar might be a notch above in terms of defensively. Right. So they, we, we're looking at quite a defenseman here. I think it's unbelievable, but. Um, you talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning and what a tough out they were. I mean, even losing, I think today in a cap era, we can look at them and like, I can understand the argument if you don't call them a dynasty because they won two cups and people consider a dynasty four cups or more. But for me, what they were able to accomplish, I'm almost willing to say it was a dynasty. Yeah, I would agree with you there just because of the, the salary cap era, era and, um, you know, how hard it is to continue to, to keep your team where it's at and and for them to get to the finals on their third year is and, and to battle like they did is is mind-boggling to me and it's yeah. it's incredible to watch and you know what i don't think they're you know they're i'm not sure they're done yet either so they still got some great pieces there and I, they'll always find a way they do you know they got a terrific organization and they'll find a way to get it to, uh you know where they they're competitive again next year Talking to a guy who won three Stanley Cups, it meant so much to him, he actually got it tattooed. Let's take a look at it. There we go. Look at that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> where do you have yeah, where do you have that on your leg? Where do you have that? Yeah, it's on my, my bottom right leg, yeah. So it's, uh, I got that a, a week after I retired, so I got that uh, done. So, it's pretty yeah. cool. Hey, watching that. Actually, I'm going to add to it here pretty quick, so I'm going to add uh, – a Canadian, uh, Canadian one because I was fortunate to win the World Juniors and in the World Championships. So I'm going to add a Canadian one, and then uh, the Turner Cup I won in the minors as well. So I'm going to, I'm going. Those are getting added soon. So oh, that's that's pretty cool. Hey, yeah. watching the images last night, Corey Perry's face, his wife crying. Could you imagine Mark losing in the Cup final three straight years with Dallas, with Montreal, and then with Tampa? I mean. God love him. You got to feel good for him that at least he won a cup. And there's a lot of great players who never won one, but losing three years in a row in the final, considering the grind, I can't imagine the pain. Yeah. And he's such a, he's such an ultra competitor. And that's a reason why he gets to those places and teams bring him in because he's competitive and, and he knows how to get the job done. And, and this, he just falls short. I mean, that's one team can win and it's unfortunate that he's uh, hasn't gotten to that uh, next level again, but like you said, bang on. It was very fortunate that he, you know, he won early in his career in Anaheim and, you know, at least he's got that one, but you know, you just want to keep winning. He's got, he's got that drive. Mark, there aren't too many people that had careers like yours. I mean, let's take a look at your, your stat sheet here on hockey DB 22 seasons, 1,841 total games. If we add the regular season games and the playoffs, Mark, what was your secret in a game that is a, a physical game, a contact sport? Players go out with injuries all the time. When you look back on your career now, did you have a secret for being healthy, staying healthy, the longevity you had? Red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Mario taught me early. So, um, no, you know what? It's obviously conditioning is a home part, a lot of luck involved. You know, where you may, maybe you break a finger, but you can still play. Um, you know, you break a bone, you can still play. Um, you know, you tweak your knee, you, but you're still fortunate you can still play. So, you know, it's just something, you know, players are willing to play through. And that was just something 
that I just, I never wanted to let my teammates down. I wanted to be out there every night and I was fortunate enough that I was able to do that. And obviously conditioning was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a little, I'm a little, like I'm a little thicker as well. I think that helped me, helped me in the game as well. I was a little thicker and, and, uh, you know, I know what you mean. Thick, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there too. <laughs> That's why I've been in the business for over 20 years. You because you were thick and the wine and me because I was thick and the beer brought to you by 8.6, by the way, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Uh, you win your first cup in your second full season with the Penguins out of the three teams. And I know they're all special. The 91 Penguins, uh, was it 2005, six, six with Carolina and yeah. 2011 with the Bruins. Yeah. Probably a hard question for you to answer, but can I say that Pittsburgh was the best team of the three? Um, well, definitely the most. Yeah. I would say probably the most talented team out of the three. And when you look at it, you got, you know, obviously that, the Hall of Famers on that team, uh, Ronnie Francis, Marilyn Mew, Larry Murphy, Paul Coffey, uh, Joey Mullen. Um, I'm, I know I'm missing a couple too. Uh, so it's incredible that oh, Brian Trache, um, yeah. you know, he was in Yarmer Jager. I'm trying to, we're going down the list. Kevin so. Stevens played on that Kevin, team. Today. Yeah. Kevin Stevens. And he was an incredible player. So, you know, it was just, yeah. I mean, tell when you got one and when you got one of the best players to ever play the game, yeah. that never, that never hurts either. So. I'll never get sick of Mario or Wayne stories. All right. Yeah. For me, the two greatest players I've ever seen in my life. Once again, I'm 49 years old. Can you give me a Mario story of just something you saw when you said to yourself, Oh my mother of God. Can you give me one? You probably have so many. I know, but I, ha I have a lot. Yeah. And I, I remember, I mean, I threw a crap pass to him once you know, we were in Madison square garden and, and I, I threw it about three feet high. And he just tapped it down, all calm, and then went in and danced the defenseman and scored. And I was like, oh, that's, that's one hell of a helper I just got. So, <laughs> you know, but there was many of those. There was a never bad pass to him. It was, uh, you know, he was incredible. And obviously everybody remembers the Minnesota goal um, that he scored. Uh, yeah. I mean, for a big guy, you know, for 6'4", I mean, to be able to skate and be able to handle the puck and create his edges like he did was is, is, is something special. Yeah, that that series versus Minnesota. I, I think the final game was what was it six nothing eight nothing. What was yeah. it? Yeah, eight nothing. I think yeah. Yeah. Once he decided to put it in fifth gear, Mario was like yeah. it was just forget about it. Did he score like five goals five different ways in one game? I think versus the Rangers two or whatever. But he was, yeah. you know. And I'm in Villa Sal, okay, and I'm about you know a six or seven minute drive away from where Mario grew up in Villa Mard. And so, you know, there's a lot of people in, in this neck of the woods that were blessed to see Mario even play ball hockey. Like, suppose I was talking to a buddy of mine who used to play ball hockey versus Mario as a kid growing up. He used to tell me that Mario used to score 20, 25 goals a game. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me at all. So, yeah, he's you, incredible. You, you also played with Eric Lindros, of course, in Philadelphia. Can you, can yep. you give me a story on the Big E? Oh, the big E, he was just, he was a big, he was a big, big, strong man and, and so talented for his size. And it's un, unfortunate, you know, that he had the injuries, but what a, what a special talent he was. And, and, you know, the size and the physical physicality that he was able to play with. I mean, he, you know, he, 
he fought. He was a big guy. He fought. He, you know, he played hard. He was physical. I mean, I don't really have anything specific, but, you know, I remember him playing against Quebec his first time. He ended up fighting Simon, I believe it was. And, uh, and then he scored, I think he scored the game winning goal. Uh, just like some, you know, stuff like that. Like he was a special player and, it, you know, it's unfortunate. Everything got cut short in him because he, he, you know, he was, I mean, you know, he was just a monster Yeah, and, uh, and, and the talent to go with it. Yeah. One of the best, the most dominant players of all time mm-hmm. and he ends up fighting yeah. Chris Simon. I mean, that's, that's not everyone yeah. wants to fight that guy. Yeah. I know yeah, I fought Chris Simon, Scott Stevens. I mean, he fought, tough, he fought tough guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you, and I'll let you know that we're going to have the sickest Habs draft party that's going to take place on Thursday, July 7th, in collaboration with the Casual Sports. So, more details for you this week. Mark, th- that big trade, you come over to the Montreal Canadiens, of course, and Leclerc and Desjardins and Gilbert Dion go the other way to Philadelphia. And, you know, um, one of my favorite times when you were a Hab, not you specifically, but more so the team, it was just very, very special was the closing of the Montreal Forum. I'm sure you have, you know, you have so many souvenirs about that. Oh, it's, that was, that was a dream come true. Actually, even dressing the dressing room every day was a dream come true. Um, you know, you grew up, you know, obviously I'm Canadian and I grew up and grew up a Habs fan and, and, uh, you know, watch them win cups and cups and lots of cups and and be able to dress in that dress room and be part of something so historic as that and then to be able to close it and you know move into a new into a new building um and have all those guys there was was was, it was surreal it really was and and, uh you know to have all of them there and and, um you know the moving it over and to be something part of that was incredible Unfortunately, you just got traded to the Canadians probably at the wrong time, right? I mean, they had won the Stanley Cup in 93, and then a couple of years later, unfortunately, they started to go downhill, and they had some really bad moments for about five or six years, and it was just the wrong timing, right? Yeah, we had some pretty decent teams. We had some, you know, good. We just couldn't get over the top, and, and uh, you know, we had some, you know, we get to second round, or, you know, we just couldn't quite get over the top, and, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, you know, you always dream as, you know, as a player, man, it, it would be nice to win a cup there. So, I mean, you know, the guys, cause I had, you know, I played with Kirk Muller when I got there and they told Especially me, if you're oh, single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's actually kind of crazy though, that such a big trade at the time, and you spend four and a half years as a Montreal Canadian, and then you end up getting traded to Philadelphia, and you end up playing with Leclerc and Desjardins for like the next five years, and, and you guys had some good teams there in Philly, and you put up some big points, and so did John Leclerc and stuff like that. But that was that was crazy when you think of it, right? You're involved in a big trade, and four and a half years later, you're playing with the guys that you were traded for. Yeah, it, it is wild. I mean, I, to get back, go back and get traded there, and and you know have a lot of success with them as well and i mean they're terrific guys i mean obviously they won the cup in montreal and they're wonderful players and wonderful guys and you know it was really it was really fun to play with them and we we didn't quite get to there same thing we you know we got to the finals twice yeah lost game sevens twice uh, in the semifinals i should say we lost game sevens twice to, to get there and it, you know those were hard stopping you know like you know we knew we were close and you know, we had some really good teams and, you know, this just shows you how hard it is. 
Yeah, you were traded several times. Let's take a look at a trade tracker. You were so good that everyone wanted you every year. But, uh, look at look at um, look at this one, March 9th, two thousand and six. You're with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You guys have a bad year, and the Penguins are going through a rebuild at that time. And uh, you waive your no trade. You accept a deal to Carolina. You go to the Carolina Hurricanes. They end up winning the Stanley Cup. When you waived your no trade, was it specifically to go, like, was did you say to yourself, I think out of all the teams, Carolina's the team that'll win the Cup this year? Or you just thought, you know what, there were several teams and you thought they're a contender, I'll go to them. You know what, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was, I, I left it up to Craig Patrick. It's a great story. I told Craig, I said, you know, we, we were, we were close and we were friends. And, and I said, you do what you best to think is, you know, for me and for you guys and, and uh, try and get me to a spot where I have a chance. And he honestly, he truly, he says, I'm, you know, I'm going to send you to Carolina and uh, I think you have a chance to win a cup there. So I, I left it up to Craig and, and, uh, you know, he did a, he did me a great favor and we, you know, got a chance to win again. Sounds like a good man. Yeah. Very good man. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. Okay. Then you make your way to the Boston Bruins, the arch rival Boston Bruins. This podcast yeah. is taking place from Montreal, but you're with the Bruins. And in 2010, some people thought you were going to call it quits, but you decided to come back for one more year, one more year, because obviously you felt that the body could do it. But did you think I'll come back to Boston for one more year? I think the Bruins can win the cup in 2011. Or what was your mindset back then? That's exactly my mindset. I really thought this team was was close, and I thought we'd been through a lot together. And I thought if we could just give it one more crack, I thought we had an opportunity. And and uh, you know the the Bruins did a great job. Peter Sorella and, and uh, you know Cam Neely and and obviously Claude Julien was a terrific coach. Uh, they did a good job of uh, you know making some adjustments after 2010. We had some injuries at, at center in 2010 uh, that really hurt us. And so they stocked up on centermen and, you know, they, they brought in extra guys that could play center or wing. And so we never had that issue again. And, and I just felt really good that, you know, if we, if we could just take one more run and, and start from scratch again and learn from what we've been through and go the lessons and, and uh, that's what happened. And, and, you know, we just got, you know, we had, we just got a, we had a terrific year. There wasn't a month that we didn't go under. We were on, we were over 500 almost every 10 game segment uh 500 or blah you know so we were a very consistent team but we we're a very hard team to play against as well mark in 2011 that year that you won the cup it was one of the scariest incidents i've ever seen in my life in hockey where zadeno chara hits max pacioretty and he connects mm-hmm. with the stanchion i mean let's take a look at pictures of the scene uh it wasn't fun and max pacioretty laid on the ice for quite mm-hmm. some time um uh, a lot of people in Montreal weren't happy with you at the time because you gave a quote. I'm sure you remember this on Max Petretti's concussion. You had to bring it up, did you? Mark, here's where the fun <laughs> is going to start in this in this podcast, all right? Okay, let's yeah. take a look at the quote if we can. Hold on a second. Yeah. Let me put my glasses on for this one. Okay, uh, there's the quote. It's okay. He's getting better. Um, and, um, you know, he does have a fractured vertebrae, but the concussion was really a non-factor. Maybe a day he felt it, and then it was fine a couple of days later. I believe they were trying to get Zidano suspended, and they embellished it a little bit. Uh, I guess in terms of that side, you have to look at it, and I guess they were trying to do what they could do to get him suspended. 
And after you gave that quote, you were uh, you uh, you were officially known as Dr. Recky in Montreal. I'm yeah, sure you heard that one. Yeah. Eh? yeah, I heard it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I see it's you know you're trying to protect. I, I have all the respect in the world for Max Patrick. He's a heck of a player. And yeah, I don't really know him that well, but he's a heck of a player. And yeah. you know, I'm trying to protect Sedano as well. And and um, you know, he's my teammate. And you know, you try and deflect things so that you know you take you take it off the heat of your teammate. And, yeah. You know, that's, you know, people have to understand that as well. Like, um, you know, um, you know, if it happened in the other way, I'm sure they would have done the same thing and, and said the same thing to protect their teammate. And, and that's what I did. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that he was, he was okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, that he, he came and he's had a heck of a career. I mean, he's just continues to play great hockey. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's what people don't, you know, hope people understand that yeah. I have a, I have a captain that I'm protecting and, and yeah. who's, a, who's a wonderful person who would never, ever do anything to hurt anybody. Um, if people knew Zdeno Chara, he's one of the kindest, most gentle, big guys that you're that are around that, you know, he plays, a, you know, he plays a physical game and it was unfortunate that that stanchion, you know, they, thank God they've changed it. I can tell you that. So, cause you never want to see that again. Okay, Mark, I, listen, I consider you and I buddies. All right. Yeah. I look at the quote and the fact that he was able to go to a movie and stuff like that leads me to believe that the concussion was not that bad. I totally understand your quote. I totally get it. But between you and I, it was an intentional hit. I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> no, I really don't. Like, I think Zeno, Zeno was trying to hit him, and it just happened that the stanchion was there, you know. Then, and, but I don't think he was, there was no injury intention, I can tell you that. Yeah, but, no, no, uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm playing but, with you know. So that when and to, to, yeah, but you know, <laughs> talking to Patrice Bergeron, like you know, I talked to Patrice a lot, and I said, well, you know, I remember him saying I, he couldn't even he couldn't see light when he was going through his concussion problems, and he was really struggling. You know, he went through a long stretch, and I talked to him about it before I even said that. So yeah, um, you know, he, like you could, he said, there's no way I'd have been able to go to a movie. So. Yeah, you know, like, you know, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even function. So, and then there's different, there's different concussions. So, and we yeah. all know that there's more extreme. There's some that aren't as extreme. So, you know, we should, it's, we should hear about mine. Yeah, my son was my son was about I don't know like ten years old or whatever it was. I went to watch his soccer game. I was standing up against the fence. My wife called me. I turned around. As soon as I turned around, I got the ball right here. Oh, <laughs> I went out. I got a concussion, yeah. and I, you know what? Once you get one, it seems like the other ones follow you around. You end up getting a couple, yeah. and and I have the sunglasses yeah. with me all the time because sometimes they get kind of bad. Hey, Mark. Yeah. yeah, I had some I had some pretty good issues with concussions too. I was on pills for two years to, to oh, really? control concussions. Yeah, so I had to, I would go numb. They would just flare up, and I'd go numb down my whole side of my body, and then I'd just wow. faint. So how know, many? So I had some issues here. How many well, do you think you had in your career? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, you know, there's, there's a number of them for sure. But, you know, uh, um, you know, they, everybody became more aware of them as the league went on. And, you know, um, players became more aware of them. So you, at least you knew what it was. I remember yeah. the first time I really got rocked. And I'm like, man, I don't know why I feel so good. Maybe I'm not in good enough shape. And so I jump on the bike and I'd ride harder. Yeah. <laughs> try get, you know, and then a couple of weeks later, I felt better. But, you know, I felt like crap for two weeks. But. You know, I was actually. You, you played through them, Mark. You played through uh, them back then. Yeah, back then you didn't even realize. Like, I didn't even know. I didn't tell the trainer. I got got to the bench, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm ready to go. You know. That's, wow. That's the, we, you know, we weren't the brightest back then. So, you know, but <laughs> as you got a, more aware, more aware of the concussions, and you know, you figured it out. So, 
Let's, uh, he was uh, standing up for his teammate. Let's take a, a, a look at a picture of uh, Mark with the big Z. Look, look, look. Look, there you go. Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's my big buddy. Yeah. I'm like his, uh, I'm like his little kid. <laughs> do, you, do you think he's going to come back and play next season? I'm not sure if he is. Uh, you know what? He, he, he played well for the Islanders again. Like, you yeah. know, he played hard. He played well. He was a presence on the ice, um, you know. Um, it's just a matter of, you you know, I know he wants to win another cup, so it's just a matter of, you know, if he finds that right fit, I'm not sure though. I haven't, I haven't talked to him. Uh, I haven't talked to him about it, but, um, you know, we're just in Texas. Our whole Bruins team's in Texas all the time, but, um, you know, we have, we're trying to figure out, we, we had our 10 years and we're still trying to find the reunion time to get together. Oh, I came across, I came across your bar tab for the team the other day. I'm sure you saw (laughs) it on social media and stuff like that, right? What was it? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand dollars that the Bruins spent that night. You won the cup. No, it, it was uh, it was like twenty. We spent like I think it was like twenty four or something. We spent, but the champagne bottle got given to us by a company. Okay, a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Oh, so wow. they gave it to us, and that wow. was like uh, you know, and it ended up getting a lot of publicity for them. So, um, wow. which is what they wanted. So, but they gave us the bottle, so we never spent that. We would never have spent that kind of money. Mark- <laughs> so, What's the what's the craziest thing you ever did with the cup? Did you ever do anything crazy with it, or a teammate did with it that you can share with us? Or no, well, I mean, everybody knows the story about Mario. It's in the bottom of the pool, uh, Mario's pool. The first year we won in '91. Yeah, and, you know, and that in it couldn't hard hard to get it out, <laughs> and uh, you know there was those stories. But it's a lot more it's a lot more tame now because you know you only get it till midnight. Now you get it all day and you get it till midnight, and you gotta. You know, back when we first had it, like you just wandered around with it, and yeah, and uh, you know, went from there. But then it became more, you know, now it's pretty structured, so you really can't do anything crazy with it. So, Mark, player development coach with the Penguins for several seasons, assistant coach with the Penguins for three seasons. You were an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils for two seasons. They made a change, probably about a couple of months ago now, and you're out of a job right now. There's a job opening in Montreal, and Mark Recchi's name has been rumored to join the Canadians coaching staff. Have you been contacted? No. No. I have not been contacted, no. 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 You have any connection no. to Marty St. Louis, Kent Hughes, yeah. Gordon whatsoever? I played with Marty in uh, Tampa. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I played with Marty there, so, yeah. I mean, they got Marty's got Marty's got that power play. He he'll do a great job with that power play. He, you know, I think he's going to do a terrific job for them. Um, you know, I'm excited he got the opportunity, and I think he'll do a great job there. So, I mean, I think it's tough losing Luke. Luke was a terrific coach, uh, Luke Richardson, and, and uh, he'll do a really good job in Chicago as well. So, are you um, are you surprised that Marty St. Louis got the opportunity, seeing as he didn't have any head coaching experience in the National Hockey League, and usually? They reshuffle and recycle a lot of coaches yeah. who have been in the league for a long time. You know what? No, because I think you know some people are willing to take a little bit of a, a risk, and and you know that that is. But he's great hockey mind, and you know you got to learn. You know he's you know he's got to learn. Obviously, you got to he's going to surround himself with good people, and you know coaching is not the easiest gig in the world. But you know he's he's such a smart guy, and he's uh, you know he gets the game. Uh, he's got great hockey IQ. He'll figure it out, and he'll be he'll be great for that team. And and uh, you know he'll get better and better as he goes on here. And and I'm sure he's going to surround himself with good people that uh, you know that'll that'll help him along as well. If he does have some questions or needs some 
needs uh, some help, but uh, I think he, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a great job, a great, op- you know, great opportunity. I, I'm glad he get it because it gives me hope that maybe someday I can try and grasp onto it. Maybe if I keep, if I keep going in this role as assistant coach, maybe someday I'll get a, you know, an opportunity as well. Mark Recchi is going to be coaching in the National Hockey League next season. You'll be behind the bench somewhere. Are you confident? Uh, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to see what how what how it plays out this summer. So, you know, I'm you know I'm not really in a hurry right now. So I'm just going to kind of see what happens and and you know and kind of you know I've been at it a long time and uh, I love the game and you know I I still want to be involved in it. So, you know, we'll see what comes up. Yeah, with Luke Richardson on his way to be the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, there was an article that was written that had the 10 top uh, top 10 coaching candidates to join the Montreal Canadiens. Let's take a look at it. There you have it. The top 10 potential candidates to replace Luke Richardson. Benoit Gru, Pascal Vincent, Joel Bouchard, Mark Recchi, Alain Nasruddin, Jean-Francois Houle, who coaches the Rocket, Guy Boucher, Jacques Martin, Rick Bonus, Francis Bouillon. I think we can scratch Rick Bonus's name off the list. This is according to Alexandre Desrosiers of RumeurDeTransaction.com because Rick Bonus has said that at his age, and he's got grandkids, um, he never say never. He could still go back, but if he does, he's not interested in joining a rebuilding team. But there's a name on that list. You said you weren't contacted, uh, but there's a name, Alan Nezredin. Him you know very well. Because he was an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils. You guys work together. He has a lot of experience as an assistant coach at the American Hockey League level, at the National Hockey League level, and even was a head coach for like half a season or whatever it was. Mark, would he be a good candidate to replace Luke Richardson with the Canadians, in your opinion? Yes or no, and why? Yeah, he'd be an outstanding one, but I think they're too late. So, Oh, really? Yeah. You have I can't a tell you friend? where. Okay. I can't tell you where, but I can tell you they're too late, so. Okay. I just actually talked to him this morning. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, but he he would have been if you know. I mean, the timing wasn't right. Like you know, the timing wasn't right, obviously, because Luke just left. But he would have been terrific. He's a he's a terrific coach. I love him. I I've, I've watched him from Wilkesbury uh, up to New Jersey, and he's a terrific coach. And would have been he would have been a great fit for them for sure. Wow. All right. So Ali Nezredin has been hired as an assistant coach with an NHL team. I am right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. There we go. Uh, Cross you know, him off. <laughs> you, you you said you haven't talked to the Canadians. Um, would you like to? Yeah, if Marty called, I'd listen for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you're always willing to listen. And um, you know, it's a great tradition there. Great city. Um, yeah. I mean, you're always willing to listen. But uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm the right fit for they're looking for probably more of a defensive coach and yeah not that i wouldn't i mean i'd give it a shot i can teach I, you know I, I think i have hockey iq i could teach but you know i think they you know i think they're probably looking for a little bit of something different and and um you know i think marty's got a pretty good handle on the offense and and uh, and stuff like that and and the younger players so Mark, is there, um, and we're going to, we're going to, um, won't keep you too much longer here, but is there a rule you change? You, you know, we just watched an incredible playoffs, an incredible Stanley cup final. Is there one rule that bugs you? Because there's a couple that bug me. <laughs> um, the over the glass bugs me that rule shooting it over the glass. That, that drives me crazy. Cause it usually happens during a PK and it makes it a five on three. Um, that's when, you know, cause the guy's just trying to clear it. That drives me nuts that one, but, 
Um, but hold on, yeah. though. At the same time, yeah. if there's no rule in place, you can't have just guys throwing it, shooting no, it over no. the last every time they're in trouble, right? Well, exactly. And that's, that's where the, the fine line, but it always seems to happen when it's a five-on-three, when the guy's just really just trying to get it down the ice. So yeah. He's not trying to throw it up in his stands. And, you know, he's trying to get it down the ice. And... So would you say don't call an over-the-glass penalty if the team is on the penalty kill? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I wish there was some way we could figure out, I'm, I'm, you know, some way you could figure it out, but you know, it's just a tough, you know, it's a tough way to get a penalty. And and I know that, yeah, guys would throw it in the stands, but in those situations, I'm just saying in penalty situations, those guys are just trying to get it down the ice. So I I don't know what goalie interference is anymore. No, that's the one that you, no idea. Yeah. That bothers me. It really bothers me. We talked about it a lot during the season this year and the last couple of years. It's like, you don't know what to call. Like, you don't even know yeah. if you should challenge it or not because you just don't know anymore. And, uh, you know, they've got to make it a little bit more black and white for, for the coaches and, and, uh, and for the goalies. Hey, seeing as uh, you worked for the Devils for a couple of years, there's a lot of talk about their second pick overall in the 2022 mm-hmm. NHL Amateur Draft. Here in Montreal, a lot of people would like to see the Canadians trade for that pick. I would. I think it would be a great splash if you could have one and two at a draft that you're actually going to host. Do you think the Devils are going to trade the pick? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I mean, I read they were willing to, um, you know, I, but I haven't, uh, I haven't been in touch with really anybody since, uh, since I left, except for, you know, uh, Lindy and, and the coaching staff, really. I, I mean, I've stayed in touch with them, but on the management side, I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to really anybody. So I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, they have yeah. to, you know, they have to get better and they know that. So, um, you know, maybe they do trade that pick and they get something, they think they can help them right now and for the next four or five years. You can add some young studs. Yeah, you can, actually, studs. you can actually bet on that on Betway. For the love of the game, sign up and deposit on Betway for 100% deposit bonus. See the way I get the plugs in, Mark. Eh? The easiest book <laughs> for Canadians, e-transfers are accepted. All right, Mark, rapid fire. You're good at it. You're good at it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not just another pretty face. You know, I'm pretty yeah. good at what I do. Three or four rapid questions. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The best player in the game not named Connor McDavid is? Kale McCarr. The best goalie in the game is? Vasilevsky. And now I'm going to put you on the spot. And the best coach you've coached against that you've actually seen and you said, this guy is sharp, is who? John Cooper. Wow. That's sharp, eh? By the way, I love his press conferences. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. He he makes so many great adjustments and I've just watched him over the years and um, I just, I just love how he just, he, he makes adjustments, his whole coaching staff, they, they, they do a terrific job. And, and I, and I really love what Bednar did too. Um, he yeah. really, really did a terrific job and he made a lot of adjustments in the course of his series too. When am I going to see you in Montreal? I don't know. You never know. You never know. I've got some, I might be working on coming up there for a signing at some point in August. I don't know how that's Is that going, right? But yeah. So possibly. So um, wow. but I'm not going to come up for the draft. I'm just going to, I'm going to hang out and hang out home with my family here. So, all right. Um, but uh, other than that, and then when are you going to Florida? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to Florida. I'm going to La Romana actually this summer. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to be there in the middle of July. I'm going to go there for a bit. I don't think I'm going to Florida this summer, but can you do me a favor? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you come to Montreal, I'd love to see you and hopefully I can introduce Absolutely. you to Agnello and Sammy behind the scenes and we can get together for a plate of pasta. Would love to. Absolutely. One plate for you, five plates for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great to me. Thanks for joining me on the sick podcast today. I really appreciate it, bud. 
My my pleasure, buddy. We'll All right. talk to you soon. Yeah. Have a great summer. There you have it. The great Mark Recchi. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Sick Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be notified when we upload an episode or when we go live. Mark Recchi, what a sick guest. It's The Sick Podcast. Tell your friends about it. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>